Hello, 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 and welcome. Happy hello. birthday, hello. everybody. Hello. Happy first birthday. Happy How are we all doing? Good. Very well. Good. Very well. Yeah. It is episode 27. We've been doing this for a year, which is approximately... Which makes no sense. 11 months longer <laughs> than we thought we'd be doing it. It makes no sense, because it's 27. How can 27 be a year? When 26 times. Yeah? Well, I think we farted around a little bit at the beginning. That sounds... <laughs> Actually, we farted around a little bit at the middle and towards the end as well. But we are here. We've got uh, Mike. Say hello, Mike. Hello, Mike. We have Dan. Say hello, Dan. Hello, Dan. We have got (laughs) Johnny. Say hello, Johnny. Uh, Hello. Oh, hello. We've got Graham. Say hello, Graham. Hello, Graham. And last (laughs) and not remotely least, we've got Lucas. Say hello, Lucas. Hello, Hello, Lucas. Lucas. Marvellous. Welcome <laughs> Marvelous. to episode 27. Oh, this is so much more fun when somebody else is doing it. <laughs> Happy birthday that was dog's to breakfast. us. Don't do that. Happy Please. birthday <laughs> to us. <sighs> Happy birthday. I'll get the bagpipes. Yeah, oh, no, that. I'm stopping now. And also, uh, we have been nominated for an award. No. Yes, the <laughs> EN World Actual Play Podcast of well, the That's year. quite serious. This is ridiculous. Uh, well, I mean, Ian World is a big deal. Um, I, I do not understand. Uh, there must be some sort of administrative error. They, yes, it's a mistake. They're pressing yeah, it must be a mistake. If you are listening to this and you'd like to vote for us, may I implore you, therefore, to go and vote for the Billowing Hilltop podcast on EN World, uh, E for Eric, N for Noah, world.org. And the voting, hold up, let me, I've got this here. The voting closes on the 15th of December. So... If you're listening to this after the 15th of December 2020, then don't, because, I mean, it's all done. Uh, that, uh, yeah, we should probably get on with other things. Don't forget to uh, rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice, including Lucas's one. Stitcher. Um, <laughs> uh, or vi- follow Beyond us on Twitter content. at Billowing Hilltoe with no P. Or on Facebook. Or don't. Or don't. Thanks for listening for a year, you... Um, uh, readers. Dear reader. You wonderful, you lovely reader. Thank you for listening for a year. And we will go straight on to episode 27. We didn't start the fire. Asmodee, 13th formulary. To Zenith Matriarch, most blessed occupant of the green chair about tender of the grey fire. Dear Granny, thank you for your letter. Gosh, there is so much to say in so little time. But first, I must say, holy ought, what on earth is going on? The Dowstone mines are riddled with factions of, well, frankly, mad cultists, of various nefarious false prophets, and what I understand is called a Rupa. Fucking terrifying monster, more likely. It ate the face off poor Grimbold. Yes, ate the face. And now poor Burple carries what's left of him in a backpack, like a stinky picnic, until we can figure out a decent way of burying him. Trust me, Grimbold smelled pretty ripe at the best of times. Anyway, I write in haste, and I'm sending this via our network, so I'm confident it will arrive safely and unread. No more than three others whilst in transit. We have stopped for a tres-quick rest in Diamond Lake, as we are now en route to a place called Blackhall Keep, with Hesty Testapod and our depleted group. 
together with a strange little fellow, Buckraft, who turns out to be the uncle of the late Grimbold and the not-so-late Sessions. What a coincidence! To meet a contact of his, Mozina, the battle sorceress. She's been reporting undead at large in the hills. Undead, infected with necrotic worms. And we're off to help out. To be honest, dear matriarch, it's all very confusing. None of us appear to have the faintest idea of what's going on. But please rest assured, after experiencing the various evils of Asmodee, Banshivu, and the Grey Woodsman, there's absolutely no chance of my joining any of them. What a bunch of nutters! And that's just the cultists. I'm most grateful for your concern over my well-being, and ordinarily I would obey your instructions without hesitation. But please understand, there is absolutely no need to send my distantly remembered cousin, Alessandra, to watch over me or judge whether or not I should come home or not. We are a strong band of adventurers, stronger now perhaps given the loss of Grimbold Flange, and I think that Mr. Testipod is more than capable of dealing with most dangers. He seems quite paternal. Oh, and speaking of parentage, I'm obviously very interested to learn more about my connection to the Windjukes, as we found in the True Tomb. I look forward to seeing you once again to regale you of the stories of my adventures, and in further enriching our family's fortune. Albert. Uh, good evening, everybody. Good evening. How is everybody? Very good. Very well. Thank Very you. Good. Excellent. Okay. Play a bit of D&D. We should talk about house rules. I've been out to the wisdom of the internet uh, mm -hmm. to see what people think is popular. Basically, I think people like critical fumbles. On our polls that we ran, it got a lot of... Well, of course it did. Because it makes... Because, because, yeah, 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 because, because it screws characters. Yeah. I'm not sure about critical fumbles because I think that... The only way to make them work within the way that we've been playing is to have some kind of risk-reward thing around them, and it just seems fiddly to do. The only, I mean, we could run them literally as critical fumbles as they are. You know, you roll a one, and then, then if you roll a miss, you draw a card, but I don't know. Yeah. No, but what you could do, yeah. actually, is you could say you roll a one, and you that ends your round. Yeah. If you want to roll, if you hit, you negate the, the one. Yeah. And you can continue your round, but if you yeah. if you miss, you draw a card. You draw a card. What what's in the critical fumbles deck? Out of interest, well, I don't want to discuss those kinds of details. <laughs> well, well, I, I think don't we think should... we want to agree to the house rule without knowing. The, uh, the, without they're made by the same people that made the phenomenally successful critical hit deck that we've been using. Well, I haven't used, but yeah. The other thing about critical fumbles, I mean, the same the same is true with critical hits. They kind of work against the adventurers and for monsters want of a better term, because I don't care if my monsters roll a critical fumble and, you know, trip over and stab themselves in the foot. But it's, for characters, it's, it's you know, uh, it's a lot more of a penalty. Have we got the old Arden critical fumble table? <laughs> you want to play critical fumble table? I don't think we do. Oh, Graham does. Critical fumble table. Do you want to know what's on it? Yeah, let's have a, a bit of a taster of what kind of, you know, saw your own foot off or something. <laughs> Saw your own foot off would be quite a fumble, Johnny. Okay, well, it's, it was in uh, Volume 1, so I have it in front of me. Someone roll and I'll tell you what you got. What are we rolling? Uh, let's percentile. say oh, oh. No, no, don't go. It's make a random roll. What is it? Percentile. Oh, is it percentile? It is percentile. Okay, here we go. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there you go. Couldn't do that Roll ever. three times on the table above, except oh, okay. all three results, Dan. So okay, so three, the first one. The first one is a 43. 43. 43 mid-table 
hit yourself. Yes. Hit yourself. One right. half normal damage. Okay. Okay. Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen. Up towards the top. Weapon tangled. Uh, both parties lose next attack. Twenty-five percent chance to drop. And another fifteen. So I'll re-roll that one. Same again. again. Yeah, roll. Yeah. Uh, so you drop two up. Oh eight. Glance. No, that's not glancing blow. Weapon twists in hand. One quarter normal and lose next attack. That was way, way less harsh than I was expecting. That's like you rolled an OO and you basically ended up slightly tangled with somebody with a twisted thing and having done half damage on yourself. Quite how you managed to twist your weapon in your hand and become tangled with the other with your opponent and stab yourself. <laughs> it was an interesting round. <laughs> It was a flurry of activity. It's a fantasy game. Do we want to do critical fumbles? Oh, good evening, Lucas. How are you? Good, thank there. you. Sorry for delay. It's all right. Don't do it again. Uh, Lucas is joining us, by the way, from the British Antarctic Survey Station. Sounds like you're in a submarine here. <laughs> so uh, I'm not sure about the, the, the structure of critical fumbles. So without knowing the structure of the critical fumbles, which... Graham, I've dealt you a card. What does your card say? Oh, slashing. Cramp, you take a 1D... I think you've got slashing, piercing, bludgeoning, and magic. Piercing, off target, you deal half damage on your next two attack roll. On your next two attacks, sorry. Uh, Claw. Why next two attacks? It doesn't make sense. Swing for the fences. If your attack was made with your tail, uh, maybe that's creatures. Oh, I think it's, it's, it's melee range monster magic uh, and magic if this attack deals right got it melee range uh, monster magic damage, that makes sense or d12 wisdom save uh, when completing the next 1d4 rest <laughs> okay so other options for house rules somebody has suggested that the way that death save should work is that you shouldn't just be lying there making rolls. You should still be engaged in the story. And we saw a couple of options. One of those options is that effectively in the first round, when you go to zero hit points, you drop prone. So you have the prone condition, but you can't get back up. I've fallen down and I can't get up. And you're conscious. And effectively, as you fail death saves, your posi- your condition gets worse, but you're still able to kind of crawl around. The idea being that as a sort of last desperate thing, you might reach the great red button to switch off the nuclear bomb or whatever. Not that there is a nuclear bomb in Age of Worms, at least I hope not. I haven't read that far ahead. So that's one of them. Another person suggested you just act normally when you're on death saves, right? It's what he called the Boromir option. So basically, you just keep going when you're on death saves. You're on naught hit points. You act normally. Of course, if you're up, monsters might hit you. If they hit you, that's two death fails straight away. And at the end of the three saves, if you make three saves under his system, you crash to the ground unconscious having acted for three rounds in a sort of heroic manner. And if you fail the three death saves, that's it, you're done. It's potentially much more lethal because unless you throw yourself to the ground and lie very still, you're still out there to be smashed by monsters. I don't think it's going to make much difference to our game. Fine. Okay, let's move on to another one. We might might cut that whole option out. The first one is a bit more complex. If we're going to do it, we might have to introduce it a little bit later when I've had a chance to really properly get you know, familiar with it because I don't want to start having to sort of trawl around and trying to find the specifics of the rules when we first encounter it. But, but okay. is it, isn't it really it all comes down to the first death save? If you make it, you're still awake. If you fail it, you've got one fail more than the successes, so you're unconscious, and then it's just like the rest. There's no difference at that point. As always, Graham, wise Graham, you've convinced me. What we'll do is we'll give it a shot. If we encounter circumstances where a character is making death saves, we'll just take a little moment to make sure that we administer it right. Anybody like the idea of doing that? Yeah, I don't mind. Yeah, why not? It it might give you a little bit more. Finally, there's the discussion about rests and rest time. I understand that the 
rests are effectively a rules mechanism. What I've never understood or never really liked is the idea that a short rest is an hour long. It doesn't seem to me to be particularly kind of in the spirit of the fictional world that we're trying to sort of play in. I always think of a short rest as like a moment where you manage to barricade a door behind you mm. and take a breather mm. just to try and get yourself back in the fight and then you push on. A long rest, I'm not so bothered about long rests particularly. The idea that you have all sorts of things built in to only being able to use things once per long rest that sort of it's quite wired into the game i there is an option in the dungeon master's guide to run it with a five minute short rest and a one hour long rest and they concede that obviously that means that during the course of an adventuring day certainly spellcasters get a lot more access to resources and spells it's not really in it's just in the course of a 24 hour day an adventuring day these days is yeah. one period up to when you need to take a long rest. So the spellcasters stop working as soon as they get to the point they've run out of spells. I think it's only relevant if the clock is ticking. I think otherwise it makes, it makes no difference. I can see no reason not to make a short rest five minutes rather yeah. than an hour. It really makes no... It's, it's basically a hand-wavy thing. Yeah, I, I think we, one could say that what one, one way that you could do it is that it's five minutes per hit dice you spend in healing right? So a five minute rest is you can spend a hit dice of quick little top up of hit points. You get back your short rest powers. If you're a warlock, your spell refresh, all of the short rest powers that come with things like um, action surge, those kinds of things. Action surge is the French version of GI. I, I don't think it's really going to make much difference, is it? Five minutes, hour, you know, it's a, it's a point where yes, you're resting. Exactly. It makes, no, it makes like, no difference. The idea, for example, that you're in the middle of a fight that's too much for you. And you try and find a bolt hole somewhere you can be safe in order to rest up and kind of get yourself some hit points back and get back into the fight. It's quite an, exci yeah. it's quite an exciting idea. The idea you have to find somewhere where you're undisturbed for an hour for that to happen just means effectively you just disengage and just run away completely and go, go somewhere yeah. completely different. That's the issue. Oh, isn't the, well, the, I mean, the short rest gonna... is the end of um, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, in effect, well, that isn't it? I mean, if it worked out like that, obviously I'd be delighted. <laughs> but that's that's the idea. You, you sit down for a minute, you catch your breath, and then you pile go, back and in. Then you, and then insane. you go again, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah precisely. And then you go that. get yeah. killed. Yeah. And the, but the well, only difference then is how many times do you want people to be able to do their big stuff in a day? I, I'm not sure you, we should we should mess with long rests. I'm quite okay, happy. Well, let's, why don't we, let's leave rest. it for now then. And just do, uh, let's do short rests. Let's go with the new zero hit points rule. Let's introduce that now. And we're going to introduce the new five minute short rest rule. And that's it. Okay. D&D. D&D. So where we left things, you were traveling uh, into the Cairn Hills with Hesty Testapod. Hesty Testapod. You were traveling south from Diamond Lake. You skirted the eastern end of the lake and then started to climb up into the Cairn Hills. You have a new companion, Bugraft, the oh, hobbit. No. <laughs> Chad on him. Squash him. Bugraft. Oh, the... oh, Please My stop. name is Bugraft. The hobbit barbarian who is the uncle. Is that... Have I got this right, uh, Johnny? Correct. Uncle of Correct. the sadly the deceased Grimbold Flange. <laughs> sadly deceased Grimbold Flange. As the day went by and the sun set the weather is now warm, uh, warmer, certainly. The cold spell is, is over. You can hear thunder over the western horizon and a kind of permeating drizzle starts to fall. And as the twilight gathered, uh, the forest around you got darker and darker. You were expecting to reach uh, somewhere called the Garm Farm, 
which is on a plateau that kind of breaks out from the high trees and the high hills as you head south. Uh, and as you broke out through the tree line, expecting to see the Garm farm before you, instead what you saw were flames. And you can see that actually the farm is on fire. And you can see the silhouettes of figures, tall, bulky figures, moving around in front of the flames. And you can hear the growls, a growl that uh, Bugraft knows all too well, the sound of bugbears. Bugbears. You are still in the dark. You're heading up the main pathway. It's a sort of spur pathway that runs up towards the farm. And it's as you've reached that sort of junction that you can see that the farm is on fire. And you've got the sense that you haven't been, so far as you know, you haven't been detected. You haven't stepped out into, into the light coming from the fire from the farmhouse. What, um, Hestie's like, oh, oh dear, this is a pickle. What are we going to do? Kill them. Let's get them, the bugbears. Uh, are bugbears humanoids? Bugbears are humanoids. They're like bulky, uh, kind of uber goblins, aren't they? With sort of weird bearish, sort of furry features. And you're right at the edge of this kind of. You're at the e- so it's a plateau that's broken out from the trees, which is why you have a farm here at all. You've got some sort of cultivatable land. The path that runs up to the farm runs along the side of an escarpment, and there are kind of grasslands with trees around the farm and then you would have to presume that there are fields and sort of or you know and there's they probably run used to run livestock but the farm is now disused the garms are long gone and instead it is used as a sort of rest point of convenience by travelers over the hills which is why Bugraft was keen for you to get here um as close after dark as possible okay i'm gonna move up north take cover behind the tree okay the, um draw my rapiers can you give me a Perception check, Bugraft. Yep. That's two on this, so it's 15. Okay. Um, one second, just going to make a couple of rolls. I'm naturally stealthy, so... Uh. So you have um, scootled up. Do you want to... Are you making a stealth check to sort of stay quiet? Um, well, I suppose I, I can, because I've only done a movement, so I'll do a stealth check. Mm-hmm. Plus three into this, so I roll a... Sixteen. Okay, um, it's a pretty decent roll. Uh, I'm also a hobbit, which means I can hide. In you can hide in what? Uh, naturally <laughs> stealthy. I can attempt to hide even when you're obscured only by a creature that is one size larger than you. So oh I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I've got a tree there. We had that with which is a creature, which is one size larger. Uh, uh, um, how hidden are you? Going? Do you want to be? Do you want to be so hidden that you've completely got the trunk of the tree and all of its foliage? Yeah. Yes. It's fumbulary, which means that the trees have shed. There are pine trees. On this map that we're looking at, that our uh, faithful readers cannot see, if it's a green tree, uh, so that tree is an evergreen tree, that's going to be a pine tree of some sort. Yeah, if it's a sort of more olive-coloured tree, then it is a deciduous tree, and you haven't got massive leaf cover. Got me? Yeah, but it's got a trunk, and I'm quite small, and... Um, so you're pushing yourself up against the other side of the trunk. What I'm really trying to establish is, what can you see of the farmhouse when you're hiding there? I can see... Um, Are you poking your head round? Yeah, just a little bit, yes. Okay, so you can see that there are three bugbears um, running around in the front of the building. It looks like the fire has taken hold in the building and is starting to break its way out onto the kind of uh, roof timbers and uh, thatch. In front of the farmhouse, there's a cart that's pulled to one side and that's on fire. It seems to be burning with a kind of a weird bright yellow intensity. You can also see 
that lying either in the grass or on the kind of dirt yard in front of the, you assume this is the front of the farmhouse, you can see a couple of bodies. Don't know if they're dead bodies or just unconscious, but they're not moving. Human. Let's go around. I'm just going to go around the table until we get into initiative. I'm basically giving everybody one kind of set of actions that, that you're in the dark at the edge of this area. It's difficult for you to be seen until you kind of get out into a more lit space. So I'm not going to. We're going to do some perception checks and so forth maybe later. But for the moment, why don't we move on? Going around the table. Uh, Parker. Does Parker want to do anything? Uh, I have a quick question before I do anything. Um, mm-hmm. As you, when we, I was being attacked by the Roper. Can you remember <laughs> whether oh, I know it's God. going all the way back, but can you remember yes, whether I triggered my relentless endurance or not? You did. I did. Right, I thought so because we haven't had a long rest since then, have we? Uh, you haven't had a long rest right. since the Roper. No. So should have everybody been suddenly off. regretting their decision not to pick up on the uh, adjusted long rest rules? Yes. Yeah. Okay, right, so what I will do is I, yes. Parker will also move up yep. and I will trigger my shillelagh at the same time. Okay, does that require, has that got like a verbal component? Is that like a, I know it's a cantrip, a does it have... question, I will find out, it does. Okay, well, so you're going to make a little bit of noise. Yes. Like I said, the bugbears are, 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 there's kind of guttural roars, sort of celebratory or kind of violent roars coming from the bugbears by the farmhouse. And these flames are crackling away. It's not like there's no background noise for you to hide yourself behind, but just, you know, something to bear in mind. Right. Well, I'm not going to, I mean, you can check their perception. I'm not going to do it actively stealthily because that would mean moving a half yeah. speed. Um, I would just make a normal move. Yeah, okay. What about um, Sessions? Sessions Eeper. I think Sessions Eeper will sort of hang tough where he is for the time being, see what's going on. Okay, so he's staying in the shadows at the yeah. at the end of the track. Uh, let's move on in well, that actually, case. Well, you know what? He might edge down the shadows down this kind of rocky outcrop. To There's an escarpment right. to your escarpment. right. Yeah, he, he'll just kind of edge gently along there, okay, staying so in the shadows. So so sort of towards the farmhouse, but sort of keeping his distance a keeping little. Keeping edging towards the farmhouse, trying to get a. Do you want to? Do you want to stay concealed? I mean, do you want to make a stealth check? Oh yeah, why not? Uh, am I any good at that? Yeah. We're about to find out. I'm very good you at this. You are nineteen <laughs> on the dice for a twenty-two. Okay, so you are invisible as smoke. As no, smoke is not invisible. Invisible as mist. As you as you creep forward. Let's move on to purple herpish. Actually, I'm naturally stealthy as well. Uh, Burple Herpish will um, has got um, one spell left. Yeah. Uh, so this is going to be an interesting uh, fight. This so Burple, fight. you think not? No. <laughs> <laughs> I will move. Uh, I'll move up, kind of trying to take a bit of cover from behind that that tree. So keeping that tree between you and the farmhouse, the one that that yes. uh, Bugraft bug is hiding is behind. behind. Okay, so we've got a situation where Bugraft is behind him behind a tree quite near the farmhouse. Then behind him is up, coming up is uh, Burble Herpish. Behind him is Parker, who has uh, taken an action to summon his shillelagh club. Actually, yep. I've just looked. It's a bonus action. So I can yes, oh, it is, of course. Oh, well, fair enough. You can move yourself a little further. So I will position myself behind that. So you're clustering. Okay, yeah, that's going to be popular with Bugraft, I suspect. This giant, <laughs> gre- giant green figure. Cast- his eyes lighting up. Yeah, with his eyes lighting up, casting a spell, standing yes, right next to the... Uh, Oi, Bugraft, what are you doing behind that tree? <laughs> <Yeah>. Shush. <laughs> Shush. I don't know, are these bugbears, are I? 
Bugrass voice didn't last very long, did it? Oi, yeah, I'm looking at these bugbears, aren't I? <laughs> it's, it's still slightly different. Starting to sound a little bit kind of Uncle Albert at the moment. And uh, we move on from that to Cuthbert Ouch Splinter. Cuthbert's going to zip up, move, move, mm-hmm. to a little tree that is to the right of the path, just north of the escarpment. It's a evergreen tree. He's done a move, move to get there. Okay, uh, is he trying to stay stealthy? Trying to stay down? Well, he, trying to stay? He is trying to stay stealthy, but he's not moving half speed. So, I can roll a stealth check if you want. Yeah, you might as well. I might as well. It's All a right. disadvantage, I think, if you if you're move moving. Okay, uh, that's what I'm ruling. I, I'm sure that's right. Graham, is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, All right. You see, okay, so Graham thinks it's right. Oh, good roll. And, and I roll a fourteen. A fourteen's not disgraceful. Okay. Finally, we have uh, his test pod. Um, Actually, that's a 16. <laughs> Sorry. As you, all, as you all kind of head off towards this thing, you can just hear him going, Oh, um, uh, Bubble, um, uh, Cuthbert, um, oh, um. <laughs> he was, he's kind of there. He's got, you've, got, you've got your pack horses. You were on, I presume you were on mule back or horseback, but you kind of, so you've left them. You've got a couple of pack horses with like Hestie's enormous amount of traveling gear on it. You're not quite sure what's in all those trunks he's got. Hestie's a brave soul and Hestie doesn't want you people being in trouble. So I think Hestie is going to want this fight over as fast as possible. Hestie's going to move, just walk up the path a little bit, but staying in the shadows. And he levels his... He points at the farmhouse and starts kind of muttering something. It looks like he's going to cast some sort of spell. Anybody want to try and stop him? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll put my finger to my lips. Oh, he says. You don't want me to help? I'll put my finger to my lips again. <laughs> Why are you putting your finger to your lips, Burble? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll cast whole person on him. <laughs> Why are you casting... Ho- <coughs> uh, okay, Burple, you kind of grab his attention and tell him not to. And we, I think, ought to... Uh, then have some actions from some bugbears who have been waiting to act because they've been hiding in the trees to the side. Uh. Out of the tree to your... A couple of the trees to the left of the path leap a couple of bugbears. What they're doing is they're throwing javelins with readied actions. So they can't really move very much. They can just stay in their kind of concealment, right? And throw these javelins. I'm not sure that they've got the range to reach you, but uh, let's have a look. Have they seen us? Yeah, yeah. They've been watching you ever since you... Oh, sorry. Where are they? One bugbear steps out of the tree or kind of the foliage directly to the left of the path and he will throw a javelin at Hesty Testapod, rolling a 17, which hits armor class 21, and rolling a 12, which hits armor class 16, and I don't... Let's just check Hesty's armor class. Oh no, that is a hit on Hesty Testapod, and he takes uh, some damage. Uh, he sort of staggers a little. What's the range of a javelin? Oh, the range increment of a javelin is 30 feet and 120 feet, which is why I was running at disadvantage. Uh, and then another one steps out. Can we can we see them? Oh yeah, there's another one. Okay. Uh, this one also is going to go for Hesty because Hesty is the nearest target. Rolling a 17 hit armor class 21, but he's at disadvantage, so he's got to roll again a 12 hit armor class. There's another hit on Hesty. Um, Hesty takes. Uh, struck by another javelin and kind of staggers and he doesn't look great Hesty he is sort of looks really unwell on the right hand side of you just behind Sessions Eper but up from him from the escarpment you hear a, a kind of rustle Sessions 
Mm -hmm. And another bugbear that's obviously been lying in wait at the side of the path reveals itself and throws a javelin at the nearest target it can see. And I'm afraid that nearest target is once again Hesty. Rolling. So this is when we find out our 10th level magic user is actually about third Rolling a 20. Oh, there. But he's rolling at disadvantage, so he has to roll again. And he rolls a 5 and misses Hesty Testapod. That was a bit of good fortune. Cuthbert, can you give me a perception check? I can indeed give you a perception check. Getting a 16. You think you can hear something, Cuthbert. Up the escarpment, you're at the foot of this kind of rocky escarpment. Yeah. Then there's an area of kind of grassland or meadow above you with some trees. You can hear more movement up behind, kind of off to your sort of southeast. You can hear the sound of something else moving. Yeah. And I think what we should do at this point is roll initiative. So... Well, hello. I get a 22. Okay, so 22 for Cuthbert. Which is exactly the kind of thing I needed to get. Purple Hepish gets a 15. Rolling a 7 through and a 10. Purple Hepish gets a 15. Yes. Yep. Sessions Epa gets a 9. Sessions Epa gets a 9. Okay. And then finally, oh, well, I need to roll for Hesty Testapod. Hesty Testapod is an initiative of plus 2. And he gets a. Two. <laughs> so Hesty gets Hesty Testapod is on four. Seven for Bugraft. And then Bugraft is gets seven. Yeah. And the bad guys rolling a twelve. So the bad guys are on uh, okay. Yeah. So let's start at the top of the round. The first person to act, uh, yes, uh, Cuthbert, and you can hear the sound above you and behind you on the escarpment, the sound of more motion. What would you like to do? Can I see anything? No, no. I mean, you're at the foot of a sort of 10-foot escarpment. Okay, so if I was to move... To generate an angle, you'd need to move quite a long way away from... It's a a sheer rock face in front of you. It's about 10 feet high. Okay, but if I, for example, if I did a a move action to go next to Hesty... Yes. He looks um, uncomfortable. Yeah. He's got two kind of pretty significant looking javelin wounds mm-hmm. and he's staggering a little he's like oh um, Cuthbert I don't seem to be oh um, I'm not I, feeling very I shout over to Parker get over here we need oh no sorry not Parker Sessions we need some healing over here can I see anything up in the escarpment if I've moved that far I yes you can see a creature not far from the escarpment just standing in the shadow of a tree at the top about five feet from the edge of the cliff Clearly in a position to throw a javelin. That looks like it was the one that threw a javelin at Hesty Testapod. Okay. And you can hear the sound of motion directly east of you. Yeah. But you can't see anything. It's beyond the angle that you can see. Okay. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a bow shot at the one who last threw. I was hoping to get one of them who hadn't had an action yet. What's your vision? Is it dark vision? Uh, my vision is dark vision. Yes. Okay, so you're seeing this thing in dim light, so you're going to be rolling at disadvantage. Oh, great. Uh, plus six. So I get a 12. Does that? Uh, no, I think that's going to be a miss. Let me there's just no check. No, I'm afraid that's a miss, so there's no point in rolling the second dice. Okay, that's my round then. I've moved and done the turn. Okay, and we move on. It's Burple on 15. I will... <coughs> I'll tell you what you can see, Burple. Yeah. You've got dark vision, so you can see dimly. You can see a couple of figures off the track south of you 
I can uh, see them. But to the west of the track. Well, you can dimly make them out. They've stepped out of the cover of the foliage and thrown javelins at Hesty Testapod. So yes, you can see them. Yeah, you can make them out. Maybe a better way of putting it. And you can dimly see at the top of the escarpment, above where Session Zeeper is hiding at the foot of the rock face, you can see one that stepped out and thrown another javelin at uh, Hesty Testapod, but missed. From your angle, can you give me a perception check? Uh, perception check, man. Yeah, I can do that, man. In any normal accent that you... No, I'm yeah. doing it in that one, man. Here it comes, dude. Uh, 15. 15 is pretty good. I think that you can detect, you can hear, if not if not see, that there are other there is other movement up, up the escarpment. Probably the same thing that Cuthbert thought he could hear before, but you can't make any figures out. It's coming from your southeast more east than south so whatever that is south south southeast no southeast east by whatever it is i never understood those things but anyway yeah basically let's say four o'clock that's an easy way of doing it what would you like to do Okay, so I'm trying to sort of interpose myself between Hesley Testapod and these two guys to the west behind the honey behind the trees. Well, so you want to sort of one run back south down the track, but kind of into, but then head off the track towards these other bugbears. Yeah, so th- I'm assuming this is grass and you can move freely across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It? Okay, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so so I'm moving. Uh, I'm taking a move action to to slightly interpose. That's as bad as far as I can go. That's 30 feet. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, you can make them out. You're going to be at disadvantage with a range attack because of the what dim about light. A spell? Even, uh, with a spell, if it depends to have an area effect or not. Uh, well, what the deal is. If, if you I have to think see it's them, going to ma- work. Uh, so they get a saving throw. It's one of those. They have to yeah, make yeah, a no, wisdom, that makes no difference. wisdom yeah. saving throw. DC 14. Both of them. Mm. I'm guessing that their wisdom saving throw is nothing to write home about. But let's have I'm a look. guessing the same thing, but it's only 14, so I'm sure one of them, knowing you, probably both of them will save. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seems to be likely. Uh, okay. They have to be within 30 feet of each other, which they are. That's fine. Which they are. So yeah, a bugbear, feet. bugbear number one, uh, Bob the bugbear, DC 14 wisdom save, rolls a four and fails. Bugbear number two, um, Bertrand the bugbear... That was Bob, um, was it, the first one? Bob was the first one. So Bob fails, Bertrand's failed. Okay, they're both paralysed. Wow, what's that? What's the spell? Old person. Oh, because they're humanoids. third level. Yeah. That's my last spell. I've got one third level left, which I got when I went up a level. So Very nice. Very, very, very nice. Okay, very and it's an excellent round from Purple Herpish. Let's move on then to... It, well, it's now them, but two of them... Do they get a saving throw on their go? Um. <laughs> <laughs> when you have a spell... Um, uh, at the end of each of its turns, the car- target can make another wisdom saving throw. Fine, because so the they can't end. do anything in this turn. Yeah, uh, we'll come back to them. Let's do it at the end of the round. Keep me honest. So there's a bugbear that threw a, a javelin at Hesty Testapod from the other side of the track, from up on the escarpment, but missed. It's going to go bleh. step up to the edge of the escarpment. It's going to make a perception check to see if he can see sessions directly beneath it. It wasn't. And I don't think that's going to be enough. Uh, what's its perception? Uh, yeah, okay, so it doesn't see sessions standing uh, below it. So it's got a choice of targets. It's going to either go for Hesty Testapod or Cuthbert standing next to him. It's going to, I'm going to roll a d6. One to three, it goes for Hesty Testapod. Hesty Testapod. Four to six, it um, goes for... And we know what's going to happen. Cuthbert and oh, no, no. rolls one to three. Now, uh, I'm just going to check the range of this shot because he may not, he may no longer be at disadvantage. No, he just is. So rolling to hit his little spur. 
He's got a shit. Ooh. Well, the first attack is a 17, hits armor class 21. He's got to roll again because he's a disadvantage, and he rolls a 14. That hits armor class 18, which is a hit on Hesty Testipod. Uh-oh. And Hesty Testipod buckles a little. He just goes. He just his knees go a little bit as he just sort of reels as he's struck again. During the meanwhile, two more bugbears emerge from or um, run up to the edge of the escarpment. It's really annoying that we haven't got full complement of spells. Yeah, it makes this whole thing enormously fun. I mean, you could have obviously had a fireball cast to really kind of well, we still negate can, the threat of the dead, ones to the north. Well, and they both throw their javelins at Hesty Testapod. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, they can't make it. Uh, oh, hold up. What's their movement? Actually, maybe they can make it that far. I think it's tight, to be honest. Yeah, they can move, move up to the edge of the escarpment. They're looking down and kind of growling at you. Now, over here, Bugraft. Yes. Your perception check was not sufficient to detect the bugbear that was hunkered down in the shade of the very tree that you have chosen to hide in. <laughs> right. <laughs> God. Really? Yes. It leaps up. Where did it come from? Bugraff knows that bugbears are notoriously extraordinarily stealthy, that their tactics are basically to hide and ambush. Maybe something he should have said right at the beginning when you knew that you were kind of heading <laughs> off towards hmm. with his legendary bugbear fighting skills. Anyway, this one is going to decide it's going to step up and attack either Bugraft or Parker. One to three, it attacks Bugraft. Four to six, it goes for Parker, but it goes for Bugraft. It steps up to Bugraft and it smashes at Bugraft with its... uh, It's clearly a magical something that it's got with it, Bugraft. It's like a giant kind of blade about the size of a dining table on the end of this shaft and the whole thing is kind of vibrating crackling with magical energy um, and it rolls it's not really it's just a, a regular a morning star yeah it's <laughs> club the spike out coming out it's uh, rolls a four armor class eight I suspect okay. that's a miss I'm going to use my wrath of storm reaction oh okay tell me about this oh no he didn't hit me with an attack sorry who said that over there? Because it missed you, you can't do that, right? No, that's correct. Okay. Bug raft impression. This one runs up. Uh, the other three bugbears that were cavorting around in the front of the farmhouse start steaming south. They get level with the tree that Bug Raft and the other bugbear are in. And we move on to Parker. So. Well, I guess I ought to block this one. Hold on, it didn't move all the way up. You said it could have attacked me. That would have required it moving a step further, but it didn't. So well, it moment, couldn't. I mean, they've moved, moved. No, no, but the one that was hiding in the bush. The one that was hiding in the bush just was was about 10 feet from you and 5 foot from Bugraft, and right. it just randomly decided to go for Bugraft. Yeah, so what I'm saying is I do actually have to move up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're, a few, yeah, you're about five feet away, and it's on the other side of the tree trunk, so you're going to have to go round. All right, well, then I will move round the edge of the tree to the, yeah. one of the bugbears running from the farmhouse, and I will proceed to hit it. Yep. Uh, so How far are you from the pole, by the way? Quite a distance, actually. Funny. Yeah. You're, you're in your little tent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wrapped up. Stars are good, though. Um, so that's uh, rolling a seven, unfortunately. Mm, um, that's a miss. 
from yep. hitting an armor class 12. There's a miss, I'm afraid, yeah. Miss, pain bum. And I will use, in that case, uh, one key point, a flurry of blue. Uh, rolling a 13 for armor class 19. That's going to be enough. That's, That's enough, yeah. Seven you hit. points of damage. Seven points of damage, yes. yeah, on uh, uh, Billy the Bugbear. Yep. Billy the Bugbear, that's number three in the row from one to four. And the second flurry of blows is, well, that's a nine for arm, a six for armor class 12, which is also a miss, I assume. 12 is a miss, I'm afraid, yeah. Brilliantly effective. but it's... Yeah, something's happened. Okay, um, and we move on to uh, nestling at the foot of this little escarpment, hidden away in the shadows, Session Zeeper. So, uh, Sessions, you can hear the sound of bugbears above you on uh, the top of the escarpment running around going, I'm down You can see a couple on the other side of the path. Well, you can make out a couple at the other side of the path that... Oh, uh, I didn't make the saving throws. Well, we'll make the saving throws at the beginning of the next round. That Burple has cast some kind of spell on. Mm. And then you can see four bugbears silhouetted by the flames from the farmhouse running south and they're engaging Parker and Bugraft, your new companion, in combat at the tree in the very just outside the front of the farmhouse. Well, it's more than a companion. I'm related. Yeah, okay. Uncle Your Uncle Buggy. Uncle Buggy. Yeah. yeah. That's what they called him when they reported him to the uh, authorities. I'm going to uh, I'm going to toll the dying on this one at the top. Yeah, which one? Yeah, this one. Okay, so uh, the, the bugbear on the, directly above you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the one that I know is up there. Does it make a saving throw? Does it get to make to, one? It has to make a uh, wisdom saving throw. In fact, um, uh, well, this would be, of course, tumbling dice. Yeah, it fails that saving throw. Okay. It's going to fail. Um, so it's going to take... Is it wounded? Nope. Mm, that's Doesn't seem to be. Oh. Uh, seven points of damage. Okay. Well, that's not insignificant. You've definitely sort of wounded it. I mean, and, it, and it looks I'm like that made a scurry off and try hiding again by this bush. Oh, so you just move up the escarpment a little bit. I'm scuttling along the escarpment trying to hide in give the me bush. A, give me a stealth check. It looked like a 16, but it appears to be an 8. Yeah, uh, it's plus an 8. Plus 3 is 11. Okay, not amazing. Um, and you've got a couple of uh, bugbears standing directly above you on the cliff, so you're not sure about how successful that was. Let's move on to the master of bug... I mean, half his name is based about the fact that he is the master of bugbear combat. Uncle Buggy. Bugraft, Flange. Uncle Flange. Buggy. Uncle Buggy. Yeah, it doesn't really work, does it? I think we need to Uncle Buggy's had to go away for a while. Uncle Buggy. I'm going to, as a bonus action... <laughs> I think we I'm call him Boograft. 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 Right, I'm going to start raging as a bonus action. Okay, do you want to give me a perception check, Boograft? Uncle Boogie. Boogie Graft. About three to this. Oh, natural one. <laughs> Hang okay. on, I'm a hobbit. I get to re-roll. Oh, yeah, you do? Okay. Oh. Uh, Thirteen. Thirteen is enough. Uh, Twelve, sorry. Twelve. Twelve. Twelve is still enough. You think that these new bugbears... I wouldn't say they're new. They're not new, like they've just been finished or whatever. But new bugbears that have run up from the um, farmhouse are showing some signs of battle. They're showing that they may have taken some damage. Ah, good. Okay. I will... Yep. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to rage as a bonus action. Are you allowed to take bonus actions at the beginning of your round? You can do bonus actions whenever you want in your round. Yep. So I'm going to start raging, and then I'm going to bash the one with my with the rapiers. So the first rapier. Okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's such a barbarian weapon, the rapier, isn't it? Well, you know, maxing out on that. Sitting around the campfire, around the big fire, and it's naming day. All the other barbarians took the great sword take, and... 
taking the taking all of the kind of the psychoactive mushrooms the moment of naming the moment where uh, bug rubble take out a big warhammer becomes, I go, becomes actually I'll, I'll these right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah which weapon do you choose bug raft I think, um... so you got a rapier so the first rapier uh, plus seven 17 17 to hit and the second one... No, no, I'll roll the damage. 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 So six to this is... Eight. Trois de damage. Eight. Trois de damage. That's and significant, yeah. It's still alive. It's That's still alive, yeah. The other rapier. Yeah. Uh, oh, Come along. 23. That's definitely a hit, yeah. And another five points of damage. Okay, well, yeah. Uh, it looks really, actually, very, very wounded. But this wasn't one of the ones that's run south from the farmhouse. Yeah, this is the one that popped round to attack you. And that was Bugraft on seven. The last person to act in the round is his uh, husband. Um, How about a farmer? Cuthbert, Cuthbert, I'm, uh, I'm str- struggling. Well, what should I, what should we do? do? Fireball, old man. Uh, Over here. Or sleep. Um, I think I was, it, well, I I'm not was, trying to go get, to sleep. Get over to sessions. Get over to sessions over there. My spellbook is in there. <laughs> My spellbook. I've left it at home. Get over to sessions over there. He'll help you. What should Hesty do? Hesty could head for sessions and healing, yes. or he could cast a spell. Uh, I think Hesty is made of sterner stuff. Hesty's going to cast a spell. He's going to try and drop a fireball on the two bugbears on the escarpment. Okay. Joink. The bugbears get to make a reflex save against uh, Hesty Testapod's uh, spell save DC, which is 15. The first bugbear makes his reflex save, uh, getting a oh, an 18 and saving. And the second bugbear on the escarpment makes his reflex save, gets a 14, and that is a. Save, yes, is it's just a save. Safe to half, though, isn't it? It's safe to half, so Hesty's balls are not to be trifled with. Let's roll that fireball. Balls uh, on fire. Hesty's testicles. Explosive testicles. He rolls. Uh, Could it be cluster D6? Ooh. Doing nice wave sixes in there. T5, yeah, but lots of ones. 25 points of damage, so 12 points of damage on each of the bugbears on the escarpment, which I'll mm-hmm. mark up. Uh, that looks to have significantly wounded both of them, even with the saving throw. Oh, good. And then what Hesty will do is uh, he will limp away from. <laughs> towards Sessions, who's trying to hide in a bush. He'll just start walking across. Sessions, help me! He just walks across. To sessions. <laughs> okay, Dan, I'm just been rolling a couple. I just made a couple of rolls for my two bugbears. What was the what was the save DC? Fourteen. Fourteen. So we're rolling out. They're rolling out the sequence now. Okay. Well, I uh, said as that we got to the end of their round that I realised that I would just would just roll for them at some point. Anyway, no, we said in matter. the middle of anyway. They failed. <laughs> I thought I thought I'd pick this point at the end of the round before we started a new round. Just to make sure that we didn't have to remember it for the admin purposes later on. But anyway, they both failed. Okay, good. Cuthbert, it's you first, but before you act, something uh, happens. Can Parker and Buggraft both make perception checks, please? You're doomed. Ten. I'm rolling a four for us. No, okay, fine. And let's move on to Cuthbert on 22. Right then. Well, uh, 
Tonight's beer, by the way, is the collaboration between Brewdog and Brew Gooder, their Vermont Vacation New England IPA. Mine's pretty good. It's not amazing. Okay. All the standard kind of New England IPA characteristics, but perhaps not a knockout. That's all right. There we go. I mean, I'm going to get done now for our two readers are going to rebel. Change their change their beer buying habits. Have we got the Swedish subtitles sorted? No, we need to organise the Swedish subtitles. Cuthbert is going to take a shot at one of the the uh, southernmost of the two bugbears on the top of the escarpment now that they've well, appeared the and he, he can see them. Uh, oh, the ones that got targeted by the fireball? Yes. Okay, yeah, you can yeah, take a shot. I mean, you're still... Uh, you've got dark vision, right? Yes. So you're at disadvantage. Well, that doesn't do very good. doesn't matter does because you're at a four with the first roll. Uh, I Mons. only get one roll. So that's it. <laughs> uh, okay. And then what I'm going to do is... I'm going to move experience deep feelings of regret <laughs> I'm going to experience feelings of regret I'm going to move further east sorry west to, uh, just standing next to Burple and towards the two held uh, bugbears bugbears got it okay so we've got Burple can I swap uh, out a weapon while I'm doing that you could drop a weapon and pick another one I will stow my longbow stow your longbow bow stow you won't go for the bow stow so we've got Burple and Cuthbert on the left side of the path as it heads north towards the farmhouse closing in on a couple of bugbears that Burple has held with the spell we've got Hestian Sessions clinging to the bottom of this cliff uh, with some bugbears roaming around above them and then near the nearer the farmhouse we've got Parker and Bugraft who are fighting these bugbears that have come out from uh, the front yard of the farm and we move on to Burple Okay, so Burple is going to move 30 foot up to the northernmost of the two held uh, guys and strike him at advantage. Mm -hmm. Hitting armor class 21. Which is a hit, yeah. I may as well roll to see if I can get a critical. Yes, you might as well roll again. Yeah. So no, so 21. uh, So it's two-handed, so it's 11 points of damage, but I'm also going to throw in, uh, what's it called? My Psychic Blades, which is an extra 3d6. And yeah. it's actually, I don't, a crit is, uh, it is automatically a crit. Oh, because they're, it's a coup de grace. Because it's, because they're held, because they're incapacitated. Yeah, incapacitated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paralyzed creature is incapacitated, see the condition, can't move or speak. The creature automatically fails strength and dexterity saving throws, attack rolls against the creature have advantage. Any attack that hits the creature is a critical hit if the attacker is within five feet of the creature. So it's a critical hit. So I'll roll it afresh. So that's basically 2d10. Yes. Plus six uh, no plus just the, just the standard plus so it's 2d10 plus three or whatever you normally add I'm just trying to work out what I normally add that's uh, the thing because I can't remember 2d10 plus three yes so yep. 2d10 plus three uh, which is sorry about the uh, delay here folks no no oh, 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 my, my god uh, so that's five, but then I get another six d6. Yes, because you double your precision damage. Yeah, yeah so got I'll it. Do them in threes, so that's another fifteen. So that's eighteen plus yes. another. Here we go. Grosso. Uh, eighteen plus another eight, so that's twenty-six points of damage. Uh, give me a break. Twenty-six points of damage. It is still alive. Oh fuck hell! <laughs> you don't believe but it. Now they're both going to make their saving throws just while I'm in. <laughs> Only just alive, Burple. You think that you were a cigarette paper's width. Can I roll an ought dice? Who's my ought dice? I don't re-roll those rolls. Your ought dice are is to re-roll d20 rolls to attack rolls, saving throws. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
and you couldn't really have done better with the attack roll. Yeah, but the you could, have, you could have gone with the automatic critical. I think I would have allowed you if you'd asked to gam gamble and go for the card critical. I think you uh, would have. You could have rolled a standard hit. That would have been an advantage. Uh, um, but that was not that. to be. And, okay. Well, you don't know. You don't know. I mean, there was a, there's a, you, you're forfeiting an awful lot of dice if you're a if you do sneak attack damage. That's the thing about critical cards. It's if not you do sneak, sneak attack, attack damage. It's not sneak. Well, attack. you know what I mean. Precision damage. If you're doubling psychic. it. Psychic. Uh, psychic damage. Whatever. That's that's part use of your bardic inspiration, isn't it? Which should have fully refreshed with the short rest you got back in exactly. Diamond Lake. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Okay. Cool. Uh, right. It's bugbear time. It's time for the bugbears. Okay. Do you want to start with those two? See if they make. That's, oh, they. They don't no, they make their save at the end of the round. Yeah. yeah so the first bugbear is the bugbear standing on the cliff above Sessions and Hesty Testapod. And it is going to throw a javelin. Oh, has it got enough javelins left? Hold up. It may not have any javelins left. Javelins are silly weapons. <laughs> it has... Basically, you're throwing your weapon away. Yeah, you, you are. It has actually run out of javelins. So what's it going to do? Uh, you could argue that bows, bows and arrows, therefore, are the same. Because you're throwing your... You're, no. you're actually propelling... Your your arrows. Yeah, you have away. twenty arrows instead well, of like throwing 20, bow 20 away. Okay, it's going to move and then it's going to tr uh, make a, uh, an athletics check to climb down to sort of. It's not a sheer uh, rock face, but it is does require a climb check. Uh, its athletics is sort of decent, I think. Not that decent. It falls to its death. No, it's not done well though. I think that that's not enough. So it runs to the edge of the escarpment. It sort of hang drops, as it were, off and tries to scramble down the, the, the rock face. It doesn't roll a high enough number, and I'm ruling that it takes a d6 falling damage. Uh, That's so generous. Uh, which is six points of falling damage this thing takes. It looks like it regrets its climbing decision, but what can it do? And likewise, up here are two bugbears. Oh, no, they've still got uh, javelins left. So they are obviously... Uh, deeply concerned about the future existence of Hesty Testapod. Um, the first one steps a little nearer and hurls a javelin down at Hesty Testapod, rolling an 11, hitting armor class 13. Uh, no, hitting armor class 15, which is a hit on Hesty Testapod. And Hesty uh, is still alive. Have you healed him? Not yet, no. No, he wasn't next to me. He's still alive, but you're going to have to hope against hope about this next bugbear, which which also moves up and also throws its last javelin at Hesty Testapod from the top of the cliff, and it rolls a... Oh, dear. Oh, come on, you can't kill off old Hesty. Uh, well, I can do... I mean, I'm not doing this stuff. It's your... Um, you know, you all ran off and left him there. I took out two of the guys who... The, uh, yeah, so here before. we go now. Suddenly we're in the inquiry. Yeah, Everybody's like, oh, yeah. no, I, you know, magic, I warned them months ago and blah, blah, getting blah. Getting magic, getting magic. Anyway, <laughs> Hesty is down. Okay. He is he collapses. making death saves or is he an NPC and therefore dead? Uh, no, he is. Uh, he's making death saves. He's a uh, uh, special... In, yeah, he's a special PC. Oh, nice one, Graham. What <laughs> do you mean, nice one? <laughs> I've had one round so far. Yeah, did you use it to heal him? No. You did. I heal him now. Too late. He's dead. We'll get to that in a Too moment. Um, and then dead. the the other bugbears all rush up to Hesty. <laughs> with uh, with a javelin. With butchery implements and reduce him to a uh, pile of dismembered limbs. One of them's got a mincer. <laughs> yeah, they've got a mincer. <laughs> they've got petrol. <laughs> Barbecue. <laughs> By the end of their round, 
Hesty is just an egg cup full of oily uh, remnants. And there's a the guy with the barbecue at the back just trying to, with the flint, <laughs> trying to set a fire. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got, they've got a firework rocket. Last thing they do is just smear on the last bits of it and then just shoot him off into space. Heal that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what happens. Let's go back to the Battle of the Farmhouse, where Parker and Bugraft, I think, are yeah. in some quite significant trouble. No. This one steps up to you, Parker, and slashes at you well, swings at you with its morning star. Rolling a disappointing nine. Arm across 13. No. Damn it. Okay. And then the other one has a swing at you as well. Rolling a 19. Hitting armor class 23. Ugh, that's it. You take Parker. the following damage as uh, sanctioned by the International Damage Council. You take 2d8 plus 2. You take uh, uh, 9, 10, 11. 11 points of damage, Parker, from that attack. 2d8 plus 2. 2d8 plus 2. The one that was hiding behind the tree attacks Bugraft, uh, swinging his morning star and rolling a 15, hitting armor class 19. Oh, that's a hit. That's a hit. (laughs) Bugraft actually says that out loud. Oh, that's a hit. (laughs) Oh, dear. Doing a total of 14 points of damage, Bugraft. Uh, Is it? It is it oh, here we go. a magical weapon? No, not that you know of. Right, might take half damage and I'm raging. Oh, hello. Okay. A special bear endurance yep. thing. So, how much is half damage? Uh, well, that was seven points of damage. Is half damage? Yeah. <sighs> and then the other one steps oh, up. Sorry. Yeah. Then I'm going to use my reaction to do a lightning thing on him. What's this lightning thing? Tell us about this reaction. I think when they Uh, wrote the game, they probably would have come up with a better name than lightning thing. Lightning thing is Wrath of Storm. Oh. Oh. Actually, I think I'm going to do my Wrath of Storms. Can you make a a dexterity saving throw? Uh, Can he? Let's have a look. Let's see what happens. He rolls a... Oh, no, he rolls a five. He fails that. Shit. What does this Wrath of Storms do? He takes uh, three points of lightning damage. (laughs) Take three points of damage off him, please, Dungeon Master. (laughs) Okay. uh, Right. I'm just going to make you pay for having that power. Okay. Yeah, he didn't like that very much. And then the final bear of bug leaps up, swings his morning star at Bugraft. Rolls an 8, a disappointing 8, which is armor class 12. No. Damn. And then finally, we're going to roll the saving throws for the held bugbears. Bugbear. Huh? Uh, Bob the bugbear. Please fail. Don't wake up. Rolls. Bob the bugbear rolls a 13. I think he needs a 14, doesn't he? He does, yes. So that is a fail. Excellent. And Bertrand the bugbear. Rolls. Marvellous. Marvellous. Rolls a two. Okay. It's not so often that a spell works like this. Still, the stat but spell is really, really uh, paying dividends. Okay, so that's the end of the bugbears, and we move on to Parker. Parker, oh, can you give me a perception check, Parker? Nice. You can. You manage to see Bugraft. Ooh, a 13 for a 15. 15 is good enough. Something's going on in the farmhouse, Parker, or near the farmhouse. You can see the the fire is kind of taking hold. From the door and from a couple of the open windows at the front of the farmhouse, tendrils of a sort of glowing energy are 
snaking their way out into the night. One of those tendrils, the one coming from the front door, is a sort of glowing kind of lilac purple. And then the other two look more like mist, look more like a kind of glistening mist. And they are, one of them is sort of snaking its way towards you, Parker. The other two that are coming out of the windows at the front of the farmhouse seem to be snaking their way around and up towards the roof. And on that piece of deeply unsettling news, uh, Parker, you must have your round. Well, not that I can really do much about that. Um, well, I'll just try and attack one of the bugbears, basically. Um, I would, of course, relay this information to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Right. Presumably, if I've mentioned it to everybody else, then... Yeah, yeah, people who look for them and know what to look for should be able to see them, yeah. Um, right, well, we'll um, attack this bugbear with a shillelagh. Four from class nine. Is a miss. Ridiculous rolls. Uh, and then I will do another flurry of blows. Okay. First attack is a hit an eight, hitting armor class 14. 14 is exactly what you need. So that's seven points of damage. On the one that you've affected before, yeah? Yes. Okay, yeah, he doesn't look very and happy about that. And the second attack is, oh, it's a 20, which is a critical. So I uh, just need to work this out because I... He looks very, very d- wounded, Parker. 1d4 plus... So that'll be 2d4 four, plus 3. So be 2d4, I'm just wondering what the rolls it. There's the extra 1d4, is 2, so that's 6 points. And I also... Is that six points? Yeah. That's six points. It's dead, Parker. Uh, plus... It's dead. Oh, it's, it's dead. It's dead. Oh, okay. It was wounded before it even got to you, and you've uh, sent it off into the next world. Okay. Well, that Bugbears tend to be worshippers of Ban Shivu, Queen Marshal of the Howling Horde. So you've dispatched that bugbear off to the uh, the fields of Shivu, the martial fields of Shivu. Is that it for you? That's Well, that's basically it. Okay. Session Zipa. Hesti Testapod is lying at your feet, bleeding out. Is he still conscious? Uh, Yes, he hasn't failed the death save yet. So according to our new rules, he is prone and unable to stand, but still conscious. Right. Um, I have two spells left. I have none. Mm. Well, I think Hesty Testapod, given that I saw he rolls 9d8 for his fireballs, clearly has more spells, so I will heal him. Okay. I will reach down and cast the Blessing of Misfortune on his head. Okay, what does that do? It heals him 3d8 plus 3. Shall I roll that, plus or do you want to roll that? Three. I can um, roll it for you. can roll it. Okay, I will roll 3d8 plus 3. Getting... Oh, hello, decent roll. 6, 5, 11, and 8 is 19, and 3 is 22 hit points. He's just suddenly... He's just like... He's completely fine. Okay. Um, yeah. And uh, then I will... Um, where's the one on the ground? On your side? Yeah. Oh, it's... One it's of the yeah, it's 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 to your south. It's at the foot of the cliff. Oh, All right, it, right. Yeah, I can just about see him. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm ruling that it couldn't do anything else with this round because it, it yeah. fell, so it took a bit of damage. It's, it's not... It wasn't ever going to keep moving or have an attack. Yeah, I don't think I've got any bonus action spells, so I will. Um, I will. Uh, you will shit. No. Is that I'm appropriate? Just thinking. What else? That's not the time, Graham. Yeah. I mean, I think I'll just try and hide again. Okay. I mean, you're standing next to this <laughs> uh, tall, thin, bearded 
gentleman wearing a micro dressing gown with Chinese dragons down the back, um, who is at the moment because of his state of disorganisation showing below the waist. You see, X will um, I will avert my gaze. So be in very that case. careful. What I'm saying is be very careful where you hide sessions. Okay. And I, I what I'll actually do, I'll just kind of move to the, move round between me and the um, between him and the bugbear. Yeah. I'm going to move and stand ground. between me and the bugbear. Yeah, yeah. Got it. And I I will it's a free interaction. I will pull out my unused, almost completely shiny condom mace. Oh, okay. Um. Uh, Bugraft. All right. So I'm going to attack the same one with a scimitar. The one that was hiding behind the tree in the first yes. place. Yes. Yes. Uh, so I roll a... Oh. 24. 24 is a hit. And I do... Uh, uh, 14 points of damage. 14 points of damage. You chop its head off. Okay. Blood spurts everywhere. Oh, very good. Then I'm going to attack the other one. Yep. Is standing to the northwest. Yeah, looks a bit wounded, like I said from before, these uh, ones that uh, came from... Uh, 12. 12 is a miss. <sighs> Sorry, did he just say scimitar? No, it's a rapier. Okay. Uh, just trying to keep up with your with your uh, 18th did century... Did I say scimitar? I'm just trying to keep up with which 18th century weapon your hill hobbit barbarian is using. And we move on from Bugraft to... Still don't know why he's using a rapier. Thank you, Sessions. Because I've got two weapon fighting. Thank you, Sessions. Where would I be without you? If you, you have a two look. weapon fighting, why aren't you attacking three times? Because... Uh, I mean, it's only okay. Hester's round. I eat my so. words. I've multi-classed, all right? Oh. <gasps> what? Uh, yes, yes. Oh, uh, I thought uh, the thing you I said you would never do. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I've done it what? this time, okay. So he's a rogue. He's got a bit of rogue, a rogue. in there. Yeah. I'm not a rogue. He's, he's pick, he just wants to pickpocket. There's only one class that Johnny dips into. Oh, cleric. So it, <laughs> cleric. Yes, okay. I want to get. It's the class of self-healing. <laughs> exactly. The class whereby you don't need to rely okay, on other on. people. <laughs> Exactamonto. We've met this barbarian before. Exactamonto. <laughs> well, it's like singed a grab handle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like it's a strange echo <laughs> running across the multiverse <laughs> as you encounter a character that you sort of... It's a bit like... It's like Moorcock. That's Singed Toes and Back gnome. to Hesty again. Um, right. A gnome with hill giant strength. So that was your round, Bugraft. Bugraft. We're all done with that. It's Hesty. Right, so... Well, I'm not sure what to do now. Fireball on the two guys at the top. Is that what you're shouting across? Yeah. Immolate them. Might also want to make him aware of the yeah, he's or, magic, or even magic missiles. Yeah, make him aware of the tendrils. But magic missiles kill those two at the top. Well, so so first of all, Parker, you shouted out about the tendrils, didn't you? Yes. So did. Hesty yeah. actually kind of glances over in that direction. It's a long way away from him. He says, "It must be the hearth spirit." And then he moves away as far as he can from this bugbear that's at the, uh, that's crashed down at the, uh, the cliff face next to him. Yep. He basically runs off towards the path. So he's sort of heading towards <laughs> slightly towards you, Cuthbert. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, and then he casts another fireball. I'm just checking that he's got that spell. Well, he could do magic missile. No, he's got fireball. This one, though, is being cast at... No, no, he's got another fourth level slot. So he's casting it with a fourth level slot again, and he casts it at these two bugbears on top of the cliff. They make their reflex saves. First one, the northernmost one, rolls a two and fails. The second one rolls a five and fails, and they are both incinerated by Hesty Testapod. 
and he sort of does that thing with the he sort of he sort of that thing with his hands. Well, there we are. That's the end of those two. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of Hestie's round, and it is Cuthbert's round on twenty-two. Cuthbert has got to do something. He's going to. going to head down he's going to use a, a move action to head down towards the bugbear that's dropped down in escarpment and then yes. he's going to use another round to withdraw his rapier and short sword you can draw a weapon as part of movement right yes so you could technically draw a weapon and attack with it now i couldn't because it would be that would be part of a second move He's too far away. Oh, I see. You've already got. You've moved too far. Okay, I understand. Yeah. So that's so what you can do. So yeah, he's yeah. Taking, he's kind of trying to interpose. Yes, you're in a good spot. I understand. Strategically, you're standing in a good place. Yeah. Yeah. Purple hepish. Purple hepish. So this thing next to you, you can basically kill the. Yeah, I'm just wondering whether I actually go for the other one. Yeah, you've got a decision to make. So you think that the one that you're next to, any damage, is going to send it off mm. to the battlefields of Banshivu. That's why I'm going to attack the other one. Okay, so you take a step to the south and you take a step automatic to the south. Step to the river. the bugbear's face. Okay, so the first hit hits... Okay, so that's, that's good enough. Oh my gosh, 20 is a, yeah, so yeah. that's a hit. So you, you've, right, so now you've got a decision to make. You could roll at advantage to turn that into a critical no, no. card hit. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's a, criti okay. it's a critical hit. Yeah. So basically, I'm going to just do, uh, so first of all, the 2d10 plus 3. Yep. So that's 15, that's 18 points of damage. And 18 points of damage, yes. And then I'm going to throw in my extra uh, 6d6. Yep, okay, do it. I mean, you're so going to kill it. 18 plus 6 is 24. Yeah, and another 3. And another 7 is 31. Yep, it's dead. So you slay it. You sever its connection with this world, and it is snapped into the next. Anything else that you want to do? Uh, and then I'll step back next to that one. Okay, and we move on to the bugbears. Right, so there's a bugbear in the south. The one that fell down the cliff is going to run up to Cuthbert and swing at Cuthbert with his morning star. He rolls a four and misses and is basically a very disappointing bugbear that I'm cross with. <laughs> with Parker, we have a bugbear. Uh, it swings its morning star at Parker. It rolls a oh. 20. Ooh. And it's going to gamble. Ooh. Come on, then. Going to gamble. It's going to gamble. It rolls again to see if he can turn that 20. Aye. No, it can't. So its yes. hit is just a normal hit, which does the following damage. It does 2d8 plus 2. It does 11 points of damage. Plus, still not to be sniffed at. Nope. And then there's a final bugbear on uh, Bugraft. Rolls it with his... Uh, so five misses. I think that's it for the bugbears. Uh, oh, save. no, and finally the saving throw. The saving throw from um, Burple's close-to-death bugbear. <laughs> Rolls off the 16 uh, and is a 6. Fails. So there we go. <laughs> so that's the end of that one, too. And we go round. Uh, we're on Parker. 
it's your turn. What would you like to do? Well, I think I have to attack this one in front of me. Uh, and I might be headed your way, Sessions. I mean, we've basically got two bugbears left in the fight near the farmhouse with Bugraft and Parker. And we've got one bugbear left in the fight on the track leading up, who's in with Cuthbert, and that's it. Well, my, yes. my guy's still technically alive. Your guy's still technically alive, but I mean, it's a kind of a formality that he's going to be. Well, or she. Still or she. This one's Kate, because he's in the bush. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Or maybe he's George. Yeah, it could be George. You see? Russell. He's in a pile of leaves. <sighs> Yeah, Russell. Russell. Well, sorry, yes. sorry, Lucas. We've been interrupting your. I'm I sure know. it was going to be fascinating round. <laughs> it's not going to be. Not really very fascinating. Uh, it's just going to be another shillelagh on this one. Ooh. Oh, it's a. Uh, mm. Does armor class 13 hit? No. <laughs> In a word. <laughs> In a word. In a word. So no. we'll just have to not. Flurry of Joe. Flurry of Blows again. Flurry of, the flurry flurry of, of Joes. Joes. Flurry, flurry of, of Joes. Joes. Flurry of Joes. Uh, is a 15 for hitting armor class 21? Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. Yes, fine. Seven points of Fine. Damage. I mean, this one looks pretty healthy, by the way, uh, yeah. Parker. Well, and then I mean, it looks less healthier than it did now that you spanked oh, it. Oh, that's a two. Dear. Okay, well, it's still looking pretty healthy. Not and we move two. on to the follower of Lady Luck. I need a medic as well. So Sessions Eeper. Talking of medics, Sessions Eeper. It's your round. Okay, my round. Um... Yep. How wounded does Parker look? Uh, I'm on 16. I mean, he's on oh. 16. Okay. I did, well, how sorry. I mean, didn't we metagaming? It, Parker's quite difficult. In the dim darkness, you can look across at the fight. Parker is silhouetted against the farmhouse, and uh, you difficult to tell how wounded he is. And then you shout and say, Parker, how are you? And he says, I've got 16 <laughs> hit points left. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, shit. I'll have to go in that direction. Um, so I'll go one. I'll head up towards Parker. Yeah, and then I'll um, I'll cast uh, tumbling dice on this one up here next. Oh, uh, you cast tumbling dice on the on this um, bugbear that's fighting Parker. Yep, and he needs to make a wisdom saving throw DC fourteen. It fails. With it wounded. It's wounded. Oh. It's seven points of damage. Seven rubbish. points of damage. Okay. I mean, it's it it started the round looking pretty uh, healthy. Now it looks not so good. Hesthesthesthepod is going to... Uh, he points at the bugbear that's fighting Parker, casts magic missile, and does the following damage on that bugbear. Uh, he does... The uh, aforementioned bugbear. The aforementioned bugbear in the first part, in the second part, there do refer to in subsection 3, clause 2. Uh, he does uh, 12, 13, 14, 15 points of damage on said bugbear and kills it's internationally recognised damage it's damage actually uh, accredited, accredited by damage. well it's a breakaway body I just need body. to check yes you need to check it's a breakaway body it's uh, not part of FIDA the Fédération Internationale de Damage uh, and so that bugbear is an ex-bugbear hooray has been missiled it's and dice bludgeoned to death yes uh, punched slashed and zapped it's Cuthbert's round on uh, 22. We'll turn around to this bugbear right now. Oh, Cuthbert's voice has changed for the seventh time since we started. I just make it up to go. Have his balls dropped during the journey here? <laughs> his single ball. He only has one. He's rolling. <laughs> That's oh, got. 
Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. He That's felt... the dice roll of a one bald man. And then he's going to pull out his short sword. Okay. Oh, well, right. I mean, it would be, wouldn't <laughs> you? Trying to make up for your one ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not going to. And he rolls. Oh, that oh. is just amazing. Oh. He rolls a five and he rolls a one. And he uh, just looks so we're doing critical head. fumbles? Yeah. No, I think, I think. Did we? Uh, uh, yeah, we did say we would. Yeah, did we? Yeah. I don't think we did. No, but I think we should pretend that we did. Hey, oi! <laughs> it seems hey. opportune at this point. <laughs> just oi, to test out the system. To be, to be fair, even if we had done that, he wouldn't roll it. Because, yes. if you recall... Yes. Yeah. So, right, let's move on. To, Thank you. Uh, that was a disaster. I remember that. Uh, Burple, it's your round. So, I'm a class 15. 50, yeah, 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 yeah. It's all done. Okay, it's all over. so 16... But well, it's all over. Okay, I'm just, I've killed that guy and I'm using my move action to move towards Bugrafte. Oh, Bugrafte. Bugrafte. Keep away from my bug. Bugrafte. Bug on food. I'm moving towards Uncle Buggy. First of all, the bugbear that's in single combat with Cuthbert the hopeless mono testicular mono testicular Cuthbert. child. Ooh, yes, that's rolls a, a hit. 15, it's armor class 19 yes, for, a, for uh, a creditable uh, <laughs> five Read it out, come on, come on, read it out. Two and one plus two is five points of damage. And then out of a possible on, on uh, Bograft. <laughs> rolls a seven, hits armor class 11, that's not going to be enough, is it? It's Parker. It's your round. Right. Where is this te Where is this testicle? <laughs> it's on Cuthbert. It's just dangling. Uh, Which one? Yes, I was going to say... Uh, the of the kimono. The tendrils. Yes, Park of the tendrils. So one of them, the kind of lilac purpley one, yeah. you see it snaking back into the house. Aha. Uh -huh. The pale misty silvery ones start to spread and they start to kind of dissipate like uh, a like a cooling mist or rain into the flames on the building. And you can see them almost instantly having an impact on the flames as they've caught the roof. Right, what, dampening the flames down? Exactly. They're the hearth spirit, they're looking after the house. Yeah, Hesty thinks it's the hearth spirit and you think it might be that, yeah. So what's the different colours, Hesty? Why, why two colours? Oh, I, I, I mean, every spirit is different, but it, clearly it has the ability to protect itself. Right, so why, oh, so the ten. It is interesting, it is interesting, yes. But I, should, I, I think you should turn your attention back to the fight, Parker. Yes. Well, there's only one of them left. Uh, two of them left. All right. Well, I will march round the tree to the other. Yeah, off. That's mine. That's my buggy. Well, <laughs> we just need to get rid of them. Um, actually, yeah. before I do that, can I just have a quick perception check? Looking up in the direction to the left side of the house, do I see yeah, any? Yeah, yeah. Any other bugbears or anything? Give me, and give me a roll. Give me a, a perception hiding. check. A fifteen for a seventeen. You don't see anything, no. Right. Well, I will wander around, mm -hmm. and first of all, the uh, shillelagh is a ten, hitting armor class fifteen. Is a hit. Finally, six points of damage. Six points of damage kills that bugbear. Finally, it's dead. Oh. Last, I mean, well, you. That was my buggy. Let's keep moving. So, Sessions Eper, uh, it's your go. Uh, follower of Misfortune, worshipper of Lady Luck. You're standing right next to the path in front of the 
farmhouse. Yeah. It looks like all the bugbears are slain, apart from the one that Cuthbert is fighting. I will tumbling dice on that one, then. Oh, okay. And it's got to make a saving throw. It rolls a four Ooh. and fails the save. Is it a wounded? Uh, it yes. is wounded, because oh, it fell down the cliff. Uh, nine points of damage. Nine points of damage. It's still alive, though, as a result of your spell. It doesn't like it very much, but it's still alive. Bugraft, it's your round. Yeah, there's nothing for me to do. Go and grab some water and put the house at fire out. Hestestapod uh, holds his hat down on his head and starts striding up towards the farmhouse. I'll go and examine one of these bodies. They're still alive. They are wearing robes. Uh, bug graft and Hesty, who strides up behind you, points at one of them and says, Monks! Twilight monks! What are they doing here? Hey, Parker over here. Uh, and we move on to Cuthbert. Alright. Cuthbert's going to look this bugbear in the eye and go, Right. Cuthbert's going to set yes. himself up for a fall. Yes. <laughs> yes, he's looking at him. He's going to go right with my rapier. Yes, with the rapier of hubris. Oh. oh, it's an eighteen. So he rolls a gets a twenty-three, and he does seven points de damage. Seven points de damage. The bugbear is still alive. He's still alive. Yep. And then he goes, uh huh, but I also have a short sword. Mm -hmm. And he rolls a 22 Doing a hit. eight points of damage with a short and sword. And slays the <sighs> bugbear. Well done, Cuthbert. And that's the Finally, end of that. Cuthbert okay. feels as though he's done something. We have a problem with the two weapon fighting, by the way. Which is? What's up, Graham? Graham, what's the problem? We have lots of two weapon fighters using rapiers. Yes. Rapier's not a light weapon. It's a finesse weapon. Yes. But you can if you have taken two it's weapon fighting feet. Yes. You've taken the feet? Yes. Yes. Then There's you your answer, Graham. Yeah. So, so you have finesse, uh, two weapon fighting, finesse weapon, rapier, light weapon, short Dual weed it, wielder. You can use two weapon fighting even when the one-handed melee weapons you're wielding aren't light. And you get plus one on your armor class. Then why wouldn't you use longsword or something? Uh, because I want to use finesse because my dexterity is higher than my strength. But the damage I is think nice. there is something wrong with hero lab actually. The damage bonus I need to. I've got two weapon fighting as a class special ability. When you when you engage in Are you a ranger? add your ability modifier to the damage of the second attack. Well, I don't do two weapon fighting. I only get one attack. But well, I did kill two of them without taking any damage. So. No, it's very good. There's a mistake with hero lab. It's adding my character doesn't quite work. If I click rage, it's adding a strength bonus. It's adding a bonus to my damage, but I'm not using my strength, I'm using my dexterity. Which is annoying because I'm gonna have to rebuild the character now. Well you can't rebuild the character, you've done it now. I mean, that doesn't work like that. You can't just sort of change the character. I think okay, I'm gonna go and build I'm gonna rebuild my characters. No, oh, well I've designed so it based on wrong information in here. Well, I don't think you did. I think you basically just yeah, miscalculated. Yeah, yeah. How many how many years of experience, Johnny? A lot. Most of those years, I don't think you were paying attention. <laughs> I taught you everything you know, though, so just remember that. Remember what? Sorry, I can't. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't listening. Forty-two. 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 Forty-two
42 years of experience. That's a staggering amount. So he's doing too much damage, right? You think you, you know, know someone. someone. You think you know someone. He was at my wedding. I mean, I was... Because, uh, I mean, you know, you, you trust someone. You let somebody into your and life. basically, when, even when asked, you know, even when challenged on it, they seem to, you know, they, they deny. It's a bit like the, the yeah. current Conservative government. You know, it's just they'll, they'll lie to your <laughs> face. Oh, oh, you have to make it. Oh, bit oh, of politics God. there. Yeah, hey. yeah oh. thank you. Thank you. Hey, hey, See what hey, I did there? Um, you let somebody into your life. You trust them. Well, I, can I just quote here? And that then you discover rage. that when you make a melee weapon attack using strength, you gain a bonus to the damage roll that increases your gain. Barbarian. Yeah, but so you, you don't shouldn't have added it. But I am not using uh, melee weapon attack using strength. I'm using melee weapon attack using dexterity. Exactly. So still you adding it on. You you basically took the advantage that shouldn't have been applied. It's yeah. a big basically. difference well, between the two abilities. Yeah. I don't really care about a little few hit points here or there, Johnny. It's a it's a it's a trust thing. It's the principle of the of the thing. It's it? about friendship. <laughs> it's when it comes it, down to it. It's, uh, it's either you knew about it and chose to yeah. ignore it. Or yeah. you didn't no. know about it. Which yeah. you didn't know about it. Where are you 42 years of experience? Yeah. The You're either deceitful one or incompetent. places their trust in products that's, that people spend money for. Uh, so Hesty starts striding up towards the house. What do you want to do? You've got these two bodies on the ground in front of the farmhouse. They are wearing robes. Mm. Parker, you recognise them. Mm. Right. You actually specifically recognise them. Uh, one of them is called Virgil, and one of them is called Gordon, and they're two monks that you know from the Twilight Monastery. Ugh. Very nice, Mike. Very nice. Hey, Virgil. F-A-B. Parker, can you make a perception check? I certainly can. Where is Cuthbert? Cuthbert is way, way away. What are All you right. going to do, Cuthbert? Are you running up towards well, the house? I, what I was saying before, you broke away before the end of my round. Oh, here we go. I was going to uh, move up. I rolled an 8, which is a 10 perception. I end my round at the junction. Fine. Uh, Parker, your perception check. You detect a scent, a smell on the air, Parker. You can't... It's familiar, but you can't place it. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's bug, it's Buggraft. He's done his pants again. Buggraft. He's knocking on a bit. Buggraft. Two... Monks look alive. They're dead. They look morning starred to death. The misty tendrils are still quenching the flames. I want to move up and do the same. There's a well right there, so I want to go up to the well and throw water on. Yeah, start throwing water over the the, uh, house. Yeah, you can kind of find a couple of leather buckets and start kind of helping. If you're standing in front of the farmhouse and you're kind of filling buckets with water, you can see through the windows, you can see inside. You can see that there are a couple more bodies in there, uh, lying on the ground, lying on the kind of flagstone floor. You can make out the body maybe of another bugbear or two in the kind of gloom at the back of the of the room. I'm searching the monk. I'm going to if I can continue running up. Cuthbert continues running towards the house. So my elemental attunement... Yes. Um, it says you can snuff out a candle or a campfire. Mm-hmm. So can, can I use that to make a difference to the fire? Yeah, you can make it. You can make a difference. I think a few rounds of these magical tendrils that have come out of the house, plus people contributing by pulling water from the well and throwing it on the flames, you get the fire under control. It's not out. There are still little crackles and kind of licks of flame running up the stanchions and across the timbers of the house. But it's no longer a kind of full-blown conflagration. 
It's easy for me to say. Good God. Well done. Cuthbert, as you get nearer the house, can you give me a perception check? I can indeed give a check. I give you a perception check of an enormous 20 Wow. Okay. Cuthbert, as you near the house, you can detect the same distinct smell that Parker detected. Everybody can smell this, by the way. Do I know what um, it is? You do. It's calamanthus. Uh, it's a smell you've only smelt a couple of times because you don't burn calamanthus. Calamanthus is a is something that you melt down in what's called a drug kettle. Uh, you melt it down into a kind of straw-coloured liquid. Other people call calamanthus knife because the way that it's applied is that you draw a, normally a, a ceremonial or a kind of special knife across the skin to raise a little wheel, to raise a little blood. And then you effectively introduce the, the molten, the kind of straw-coloured ichor of calamanthus into the bloodstream in the wound. Mm-hmm. And calamanthus addicts are famous for having a network of scars. And the knife that they use to apply the scars is therefore a prized object. So in the kind of calamanthus gangs in Evenstar, that knife is like a status symbol. Right. The greater the web of scars, especially if they spread over the arm and up into the onto the shoulder or into the chest it just means that you're a really serious calamanthus user every now and again if you have a, an accident you have a problem you actually combust the calamanthus which starts as a kind of grainy straw colored polony substance and rather than bubbling down into a little icor, it burns and that smell is very distinct and you recognize it that's what the smell is that you've got now okay is it burning from the wagon yes it seems to be burning from the wagon can you give me a perception check bug graph parker uh hesty is going to roll a perception check as well not great perception check from hesty with an eight oh natural 20 bug graph you can see something there's something burning on the cart that's where this weird sweet smell is coming from. But you spot something, Burgraft, and that is that very much in danger of combusting itself. There's one kind of little sack of something which is still not quite burnt that's just tipped off the edge of the cart a little bit and it's just teetering on the edge. Well, I'll run and grab it and run away from the cart. Give me an acrobatics check, yeah. Burgraft. Eight. Eight is not great. You reach for it, you grab it, you do tip it off away from the cart and away from the fire, but you do spill some, unfortunately, but there is still some left in the sack. Is it calamanthus, is what you say? It's calamanthus, yeah. I mean, there would have been a a large amount of calamanthus on that cart. Do the other bodies inside, which weren't bugbears, also look like monks? Well, when the flames subside, you can get inside and you can kind of pick your way around the inside of the the house, the smoke still hanging in the air it's kind of difficult you know it's kind of it's tough on the lungs well i'll use my elemental attunement oh okay i love it away. so you clear things out burning in the hearth of this farmhouse in the kind of main room is a bright flame that looks unusual and hesty wanders in with you into the house and starts talking to the fireplace he's using a language that you don't recognize as he does so it seems to sort of slightly diminish in intensity and as the fire is extinguished the various tendrils and and kind of skeins of light and kind of misty opalescence that have been issuing from the fireplace withdraw back into it and hesty sort of sits in front of the fire and stokes it grabs a poker from the side of the fire set and he starts kind of tending to the fire and all the time he's chatting to this fire in this sort of weird language you've not heard before the bodies in the building parker are not monks they are wearing traveling clothes but like armored so they're wearing stained dark leather armor they've got scimitars and rapiers it looks like they've been killed by the same by bugbears 
as in that they're bearing wounds consistent with morning stars. Cuthbert. Yes. As you're standing in the doorway of the farmhouse looking in, yes. you feel a kind of cold sense of recognition in the pit of your stomach. Those travelling clothes look like something you've seen before. They look like something you've seen at home, Cuthbert. You turn one of them over. You're not sure that you recognise them, but you quickly check on the inside of the wrist, just at the base of the palm, and there is the telltale mark, the little black three-pointed flame that represents the house of Ouch Splinter. What? And that, I think, is enough for tonight, and we'll pick it up next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mike. Nothing mm, to do with thanks. me. Didn't know anything about that. Don't blame me. No, you say you, that. I knew nothing about it. The Billowing Hilltop Podcast is a Billowing Hilltop production. Dungeons and Dragons is a trademark of Wizards of the Coast. Encounter at Blackwall Keep and Age of Worms are copyright Paizo. Encounter at Blackwall Keep was written by Sean K. Reynolds. Music is from Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com and is used with thanks under the Creative Commons license. Additional music and sound effects come from the wonderful Sirenscape. All other original material is copyright Billowing Hilltop. Role-playing games are all about getting people together and we use Roll20 as our tabletop, the perfect place to host your game and Discord to host our chat. Thanks for listening! Are you looking for a D&D podcast with a dark side? Something more like Game of Thrones and less like Monty Python? Tale of the Manticore is part dark fantasy audio drama, part solo D&D RPG. There's no plot armor here. The dice make all the important decisions. Join me as I resurrect the excitement, wonder, and emotion of old school D&D. Made for a mature audience, Tale of the Manticore is both a fiction and a game. It's the story where chaos rolls.